in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it, Paul says that uh, when I first came to Troas, verse 13, 12, when I first came to Troas the gospel, to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was open for me in the word, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of him and went on to Macedonia. So, the, so Paul has come to, to Troas to, to preach the gospel in this city, to tell them about the story of Jesus. But he had expected to find Titus there, and Titus wasn't there. And, and he, of course, it's not like now where you could pull out your cell phone and call, hey, Titus, where are you? He, he, he wasn't there. And, 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 and uh, Paul's heart had no rest, is what he says. And, and what he did was, he, he, didn't, he didn't go through the open door that God had set before him to, to preach the gospel in Troas. He, he, he didn't do that. And, and I was looking at that, and I've been looking at that, and, and uh, sometimes we have, you know, our heart is not at rest. And we, we just need to wrestle with it when, you're, when your heart or your spirit has no rest. And for, for some, for, there's a number of reasons why, for example, you may be caught in a hopeless situation. Something is, something is desperately wrong. It seems that there's no relief. It's a bad job, a stressful marriage, chaos with the children or parents or something like that. It's, it's just something that you're in a hopeless situation. And Paul used that word in Acts chapter 24, verse 23. It's translated liberty. But he was in that place where he was in prison. And it was in a hopeless position for him. And it was, it was really bad. There was no freedom. Another time he used it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And he used it as a word ease, and it's a time when the pressure was on, you know. And have you ever been there when the pressure's out on you, and you just, you just, you can hardly breathe because the pressure is there, uh, and 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 it's, it's unending, and then there's no ease for it. A third thing is that uh, you're hopelessly afflicted in some way. Uh, Paul talks about this in in Second Thessalonians one verse seven, and he uses the word to grant relief to get relief. You're hopelessly afflicted. Maybe you have an illness that won't go away, or unemployment, or you 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 don't have a house where you can live. You're just hopelessly afflicted in some way. The fourth one, it's a, it's a critical a critical anticipated event that just didn't happen. This was the case in Second Corinthians thirteen. Where, where, where Paul expected Titus to be there and, and, he, wasn't, and he wasn't there. And it's, you, sometimes you get where you... I, I, I just expect somebody to do and they don't. And your heart has no rest and your spirit has no rest. And then there's the fifth one. And it's one that you, when you fail to do the task that God evidently gave you. And I'm pretty sure Paul, Paul has some distress about leaving... T- Leading, Tro- leaving Troas when the door had been opened for the word. And, and, and it was a, a situation that he just couldn't deal with. It was because his heart was not at rest. Have you ever had that happen to you where you, you didn't go through a door that God opened for you? Let me tell you briefly about one that I did. Years ago, I've used to have done a lot of home renovations and things like that. And I was doing something at our home and I needed some two-by-fours. So I went to Home Depot and got 12 two-by-fours and I came home and and I was putting them down, and I was looking at the invoice, but I only paid for 10. I had 12. <laughs> Bonus, I got two free two-by-fours. This, this is good. Yeah, but my heart said, yeah, no, 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 no. you got to go and pay for those things. And I said, what? Yeah, I don't need to pay. Home Depot won't even know they're missing. And, 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 and my heart said, no, you, you need to go pay for those things. And I wrestled with, with I, I think it was God speaking in my heart. I wrestled with him all day about that. And next morning, <laughs> I went back to Home Depot and I took my invoice and I went up to the lady at the desk and I said, uh, uh, here you go. I said, yesterday I bought 12 two-by-fours, but I only paid for two. I need to pay for the other two. 
And she said, what? And I, so I, I said, I explained it to her again, you know, and she said, really? Are, wait, are, you, are you kidding me? She says, Home Depot won't even know we're missing. And I, I said, I know that, but I, I just need... And in my mind, I'm saying, you know, I need to tell her that, that Jesus, I'm a man of faith, and Jesus wants me to do what's the right thing to do. And, and, but I didn't. And I paid her $4, and... Uh, and I left, went back into the store because I had to get some other things and I loaded up the wagon and I'm coming to the checkout. Same girl at the checkout. And she says, I'll try not to undercharge you. <laughs> and I, all the way through the store, I've been beating myself up. I'm you stupid man. Why didn't you tell her about Jesus? You know, why didn't you explain that because I'm a Christ follower, I need to do the right thing and I need to pay? Why don't you do that? And she says, I'll try not to charge you. And I laughed and we laughed and I paid her and I walked out and I never said anything. And I beat myself up over that. My heart had no rest. I was so frustrated. Never saw the girl again. Never did. I don't know who she was. I never saw her again. I'm hoping that God brought somebody else to talk to her about Jesus. But my heart was just wrecked by it. And that's the way Paul was. Have you ever been there where you've just failed to do something that God wants you to do? And, and, and your heart's a wreck about it. And uh, so we're, we're looking at this, and, and uh, in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes some things that are really important to us. The very next few words in verse 14 are the most important words that we need to see. He says, but thanks be to God. Thank you, God, for my heart being a wreck. Yeah, thanks be to God. Why? Because he always leads us in triumphal procession through our sprays of fragrance of the knowledge of him. Let me just outline a few things that are here that you need to understand. First of all, he's telling you that you have the knowledge of Christ. You have the knowledge of Christ. If you're sitting here, if you're a Christ follower, by the way, this, would in, this, was, this, this is saying, I, I, I'm already a Christ follower. If you're not a Christ follower, you need to get to be there to be a Christ follower. But you are a Christ follower. You have the knowledge of Christ. Now, you might not have the same knowledge that Pastor Dan has or Pastor Todd has, but you have the knowledge of Christ. You know who he is. You know that he died for your sins. You know you have the knowledge of Christ. And when you have the knowledge of Christ, he says he's going to lead you in this triumph. He's going to lead you to victory in him in verse 14. And then he says in verse 14, again, he says in 15, for you are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Listen, he says, you're the aroma of Christ. You are the people, when they see you, when they hear you, when they're near you, they smell Jesus in you. Do they? You are the aroma. He says, you are the aroma of Christ. He made you that. But guess what he says? You are the aroma of Christ to those who live and to those who die. Some people are going to die because they reject what you tell them about Jesus. That's hard to do. And he says, you're, 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 you're telling them a story by, by rejecting which they're going to die, separated from God. But you're also the aroma of Christ for those who have life. And the only way that they can have life is if you tell them the story. What if that girl, the only way that she could have life with Jesus is if I told her the story and I didn't do it? That's why I'm saying, God, I hope you have a second plan because I've failed way too often. He says, you are sufficient. Sufficient is not a great word. <laughs> I want to be way more than sufficient. But he says, you are sufficient. It means you have everything you need. You have everything you need to tell people about Jesus. You have the whole story. But I don't know. Yeah, you do. But what am I going to... You'll say, 
If it's only Jesus loves you, whatever it is, you have the knowledge of Jesus. And then we're going to look in, 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 uh, chapter, in chapter 3, verses 4 to 6. And first of all, he's going to tell us that uh, you're, you are commissioned by Christ. <laughs> in verse 17, you are commissioned by Christ. I forgot that part. Understand, God has set you apart and set you on a mission with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are commissioned by Christ to do the work. Believe it. He's did it for you. He made you ready. You're the one who has been set out to tell the story of Jesus to the people around you, to your neighbors, to to the people you work with, to your own family. Tell them the story of Jesus. And then in verses verses, uh, 4 6 of chapter 3, he says, you are competent and sufficient in Christ. But I don't know how to do it. I can't. You are competent in Christ. You are sufficient in Christ. That's what he says. Do you believe him? He says so. And he's the one who makes you that competent and sufficient. In verse 4, he says, your confidence is in Christ. Your confidence. Where's your confidence? If it's in you, total failure. If I was going to put my confidence in me, I'm a coward. I wouldn't go to Cameroon. I wouldn't go outside my house. I wouldn't stand here. My confidence has to be in Jesus. Who am I? I say this to me a lot. Who am I that I could do this? God makes me confident to do it. God makes you confident to do it. In verse 5, he says you are sufficient. You are sufficient in Christ. Here's that word that I don't like. I want to be way more than sufficient. But God says, you've got everything you need to be what I want you to be. Everything you need to be what I want you to do. Do you believe him? He says that's the case. You are sufficient in Christ. And the last thing that he says in verse 6 is that you are a minister of Christ. You are. You were a minister of Christ. We always, it's kind of nice if Todd comes and preaches here because he's, he's got a great gift and I love to hear him. But he's not saying Todd's the minister. He is, but he's not saying Todd's the minister of Christ. He says, you are the minister of Christ. You are. God said so. You're the minister of Christ. To who? To whoever he sets before you. To whoever who puts it in front of you. He wants you to share the message of Jesus. He wants you to tell the story. He doesn't want you to be like me in Home Depot and just putting duct tape over my mouth. He wants me to at least say to this girl, listen, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and he wants me to do what is truth, the right thing to do. Listen, Paul says to us in these these verses that uh, when your spirit has no rest, remember that you have the knowledge of Christ, that you are commissioned by Christ, that you are competent or sufficient in Christ for the ministry of the gospel. You are. You are able to be the person that God calls you to be. And you are able to share the story of Jesus to the persons who come in front of you And you are able to stand before that girl at Home Depot and say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, 
and I have to do this because it's the right thing to do. If that's all it is, stand before people and say, God has made me competent to tell them the story of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, you, you're so awesome. We haven't had a lot of time, God, to go in detail through these verses, but we're so thankful that you are God and that we believe what you say. We believe that you have made us to be the aroma of Christ. We believe that you have empowered us and gifted us and enabling us, and you make us competent to tell the story of Jesus. God, would you give us the courage to be the men and women of God that you call us to be, that we would be on mission for the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we would touch every life, that we would touch every soul that we meet and interact with, with the message of Jesus. And God, we pray that in what we do, we will be strong in you and give glory to you and walk with you and have our confidence in you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.